Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is October 29th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my preview of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. So, without further ado, to get right into it, the Dolphins right now are 1-6. They'll be facing off against the Buffalo Bills, who are 4-2. This game will be in Buffalo. So, we all know the Dolphins are on a six-game losing streak. Pressure is beginning to overflow at this point. The season that seemed promising beforehand has all but unraveled at this point, with the Dolphins virtually having no chance at a playoff appearance this season. Now, offensively, the Dolphins will be led by none other than quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Unfortunately for Tua, this game has kind of this feeling of being a prove-it sort of game, which is, you know, a shame because this is only his 14th start of his career. Tua has looked fine by most standards of measuring a young quarterback, but the premise right there that you have of Deshaun Watson kind of looming in the back background has put this unsurmountable amount of pressure on Tua. While he's played two of his best games of his career the last two weeks, they were against some of the worst defenses in football. So he did have his fair share of critical mistakes in those games, but the unfortunate reality right here is if the Dolphins are truly all in on Deshaun Watson, Tua's margin for error in this game is going to be extremely small against a very tough defense. So keep Keep that all in mind for this game. So when we reflect back to Tua's last time playing the Buffalo Bills, of course, we're not going to look at the last actual game because he was injured very early on when those te- uh, these two teams met up. But if we go back to the time before that, when he faced the Bills, it was arguably one of his worst performances, despite having some impressive stats in some ways. He posted a career-high 361 yards in that game, but he also threw a career-high 58 passes. He would finish the game a 62.5 passer rating, throwing three interceptions, and for the most part, he looked pretty lost throughout that game against the Buffalo defense. It's important to note, however, though, his receivers in that game last year were Devontae Parker, Lynn Bowen Jr., Mac Hollins, Isaiah Ford, and Malcolm Perry, so a pretty brutal group of guys to have. And then on top of that, Devontae Parker dropped a pass that actually turned into an interception. So again, overall, to summarize it, this is going to be a difficult challenge for Tua. He is one of the easier guys to root for in all the sports, being the epitome of being a class act, being a professional. So this game, in that same way, has all the potential to be one of the more defining moments of his career. So as we transition here to the running game, it will be led by Miles Gaskin. For the first time, there's some degree of confidence that I can say that, and that's because Malcolm Brown was placed on IR with a quad injury. So with Malcolm Brown out for the majority of the game last week, Gaskin was able to handle the bulk of the workload, and it actually ended up being one of the better rushing performances from the team so far this season. So, for this game, the volume is going to be in line there for Gaskin. He will likely have something like 10 plus carries and at least 5 targets in this game, but it will only be a matter of whether he produces with the opportunity likely there in his hands. So, the receiving game here for Miami will likely feature a lot of the same things 
we've seen for the past couple weeks. So rookie Jalen Waddle still receiving a pretty heavy dose of volume when we look at him. He recorded a career high 83 yards last week. His depth of target right now, which is how far they're throwing the ball to him, is still among the worst in the league. He has the third shortest uh, average depth of target, trailing only Rondale Moore and former Dolphin Jarvis Landry. So I imagine for this week, it'll be tough to change against a Bills defense that has given up actually the fewest passes of 20 plus yards this season and the second fewest of 40 plus yards. So I don't really expect that to happen this week. But if we look at tight end Mike Gesicki here, he had a monster performance against Jacksonville and he was able to keep things flowing in that game against Atlanta. 85 yards, a touchdown, nice leaping grab there in the end zone. So Gesicki here really starting to get things rolling, looking pretty good. I mentioned how he was in the top five in receiving yards among tight ends last week. Well, right now he is fourth in the NFL among all tight ends in receiving yards, only behind Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. So a pretty talented group of guys to be with there for Mike Kosicki. I feel like he's kind of been under the radar, but he is starting to have a really good season. Now, as for the Buffalo Bills last year, they were one of the worst teams in the entire NFL at covering tight ends, gave up the second most yards to the entire position. Gasicki had a huge day against them last year. Well, so far, it seems like they have been able to correct that issue because they've basically neutralized the entire position this year. Gasicki, in the last time these two teams faced off, only recorded 41 yards. So uh, keep that all in mind. They've done a pretty good job at correcting that issue. But uh, wide receiver Devontae Parker, he's looked great throughout his career against the Buffalo Bills. But as of right now, still battling a hamstring injury that may keep him out. He said on Thursday that he felt pretty good, but in that same time, he was hesitant to say whether he would be able to play or not in this game. Now, outside of wide receiver Jalen Waddle, the rest of the Dolphins' wide receivers combined for four catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. So absolutely zero help there. Tua was forced to spread the ball amongst a variety of weapons, including tight ends, running backs, Savon Ahmed, all of those guys. But it's unfortunate because there's not really been any receiver the Dolphins could point to outside of Jalen Waddle at this point. So with that in mind, a little bit of a gem here. Could the Dolphins at the trade deadline make a move for Allen Robinson, who has been kind of a non-factor for Chicago? I would love that move. He is an outstanding receiver who's a victim of being in a horrible location. I'm all in favor of the Dolphins looking in that direction at the trade deadline. Now, as for the offensive line here for the Dolphins, it's plagued in large part by Austin Jackson, but Jesse Davis is almost equally to blame. He's been having a very poor season. They will likely continue to underwhelm in this game. Again, the last time these two teams faced off, the severity of the group being really bad came into the spotlight. That was a game where Tua was knocked out of the game with an injury after being sacked, and then he was uh, hit after coming in. A, a defender came in untouched on the sideline on two back-to-back -back plays, and then Jacoby Brissett entered the game and frankly didn't fare any better in that. In total, the Bills would finish that game with six sacks on the day. The Dolphins' leading rusher in that game was Miles Gaskin with only 25 yards. So while the offensive line has improved, I thought, on back-to-back -back weeks, Again, those games were against the Falcons and they were against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game right here will be a true reality check for the Dolphins offensive line. Now, as we move to the defensive side of the
the ball here for Miami. The Dolphins' defense is far from elite right now. The team thrived last year by creating turnovers, but despite that, they were giving up big plays here and there. It was kind of part of the balance to it. You get the huge turnover, you give up the big play, you have the risk, you have the reward, but it worked out last year. But this season, it's different. The risk of the big play has completely swallowed the defense entirely. No defense right now has given up more passing plays of 20 plus yards than the Dolphins. Only the Washington football team has given up more air yards than the Dolphins. And only the Los Angeles Chargers has given up more rushing plays of 20 plus yards than the Dolphins. So the turnovers have still been there to some degree. The Dolphins are 10th in the NFL in takeaways. But when the defense is completely Swiss cheese for 95% of the game, what good is a turnover at that point when you're just getting torched throughout an entire game? So cornerback Xavier Howard has uh, had a huge turnover last week. He ripped the ball away from Calvin Ridley. However, teams have not shied away from targeting Howard this season. He's been targeted 43 times this season. That's the most on the Dolphins team. And while his 51% completion percentage when targeted is pretty good, he's averaging over 15 yards per reception, and that is the second most on the team. So again, he does deserve some recognition. He single-handedly won the game against New England. He flashed some turnover potential so far this season, but by all means, it would be a stretch to say that Howard has been an elite lockdown corner this season. So right now, across the league, you have some playoff contenders who might need a quarterback. Howard could see his name mentioned as we get near to the trade deadline, but again, based off his performance so far, the Dolphins wouldn't get the haul that they probably would have gotten if they made this trade in the offseason. So Stephon Diggs will likely be the guy going head-to-head with Xavier Howard in this game. Uh, Stephon Diggs mossed him the last time these two teams faced off. He's been finding a nice groove as of late, so if you're asking me, advantage Stephon Diggs in this case. Now, the linebacker group for Miami has been underwhelming as well so far this season. I will say it's admirable to see Jerome Baker trying to fly across the field, but it's clear at this point that he's being tasked with doing too much. He, like the rest of the linebackers on this team, have kind of been exposed in coverage time and time again. And one would hope that if you have a group of guys who are getting exposed in coverage, that that would at least mean that they're doing a good job when it comes to stopping the run. But that has also not been the case at all for Miami this season. Week in and week out, this group has looked severely undersized and some of the even least imposing running backs are able to rake up these extra yards as uh, the defense struggles to get them on the ground. So overall, hopefully this unit can turn it around, but it has not been looking great, at least if you're asking me. Now, defensive end Emmanuel Ogba has been what I thought a one-man show when it comes to creating pressure. He is constantly there and is one of the main reasons why the Dolphins actually lead the NFL in quarterback knockdowns. It's unfortunate because you can tell he's just so close to being there, but he doesn't have much to show for his performance in the stat column. Nonetheless, though, if you watch him play, you're probably already aware his energy has been great so far this season. But unfortunately, as an entire unit, I thought the Dolphins' front and defensive line has been far too inconsistent this season. There were moments against Atlanta and against Tampa Bay where Matt Ryan and Tom Brady were literally able to 
to stand like statues without a single worry in the world and connect on these deep passes. It has happened far too often for me to say that this unit has looked good. So as we move on here to the opposite side and take a look at the Buffalo Bills, they're going to be led offensively, of course, by none other than Josh Allen, who started this season off pretty slow, but he has kind of remembered who he was and he's done that in a big way. He has raked up 300 plus yards and three plus touchdowns in three of his last four games. And in that other game where he didn't do that, it's because they beat the Texans 40 to zero and he didn't even have to throw the ball that much. So in seven games against Miami throughout his entire career, right now, Josh Allen is averaging 247 passing yards per game. 54 rushing yards per game, and he's amassed 22 total touchdowns and only five interceptions throughout his career against Miami. So overall, Miami has really struggled when it uh, when it comes to stopping Josh Allen. Now the running game here for the Bills will probably operate in the same manner that it did the first two times these teams matched up. Devin Singletary, who leads the Bills in rushing yards, will likely lead the team in carries. He's averaging an impressive 5.2 yards per carry, and he he flashes that big play potential uh, like he did on that second play of the game for Buffalo last time these two teams faced off. He again isn't a guy that's a workhorse back, but when he does get the ball, he looks fresh. He's hard to get down on the ground. The Dolphins have struggled with him in particular, it seems like. Again, he is not by any means regarded as a premier running back, but he's slippery. He's evasive. He's one of those guys that Miami struggled with. Uh, and that isn't to say that Zach Moss, the other running back for the Buffalo Bills will be completely useless in this game. We saw the last time these two teams faced off that Zach Moss simply outpowered the Dolphins front. He scored two touchdowns and on both of those touchdowns it looked like Miami should have had the upper hand but regardless of that Zach Moss found ways to willpower himself into the end zone so he will likely be involved in this game as well. Now wide receiver Stephon Diggs. He began the season pretty modest start but he's been looking pretty good as of late. He's still one of the more talented guys in the NFL and right now he's being treated as such so for that same reason he's not putting up the massive numbers that he was last year currently he stands at 22nd in the NFL in receiving yards which is a pretty stark drop-off from where he was at last year but despite being targeted nearly 20 times fewer than Stephon Diggs Emmanuel Sanders has actually put up arguably better numbers than Diggs so far this season they have nearly the same amount of yards and Sanders has two more touchdowns and digs on the season. On top of that, Emmanuel Sanders has eight catches of 20 plus yards and digs only has four. So Emmanuel Sanders needs to be respected to a higher degree than he has been this season. Shifty slot receiver Cole Beasley continues to look impressive as he has throughout his career. Nearly half of his yards have came after the catch. He's capable of exploding for big games on any given Sunday. So far this season, he's had these very low games with 36 yards, 15 yards, 5 yards, but he's also had these bigger games with 98 yards, 88, so it's kind of hit or miss when it comes to Cole Beasley. Now, luckily for Miami, tight end Dawson Knox, who is at the top of the league in a lot of the receiving stats for tight ends, he will not be playing in this game after he suffered an injury that will cause him to miss several weeks, so that's important there. Now, the weapons, unfortunately, don't end there for Buffalo. We have to keep in mind there's Gabriel Davis, there's Isaiah McKenzie. Both of those guys uh, have this big play element that you have to take into, into account anytime they're on the field. A little bit of reminder, I mentioned this last time the Dolphins played the Bills. Gabriel Davis's stats versus Miami throughout his career 
He has three catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. So it's a very, very big play or bust when it comes uh, to Gabriel Davis against the Dolphins. Now, as we move on here to the Buffalo Bills defense, I'm not going to say some of these stats uh, in order to gas up the Buffalo Bills, or I know people will get mad anytime I bring up positive stats about the opponent. That's not to say that. The same way that I mentioned that Tua had good games against bad teams, if Tua has a massive game against the Buffalo Bills, take into consideration some of these very impressive stats that I'm saying for the Buffalo Bills, because it will truly show how good of a performance Tua would have if he does look good in this game. So, the Bills defense has been an absolute force to be reckoned with this season. So far again, this is how they stack up some of the stats. No team right now has given up fewer total yards or total yards per play than the Buffalo Bills. They currently lead the NFL in takeaways so far. They've allowed the fewest passing yards in the entire NFL. They had the second most interceptions in football. They've allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards in the NFL. They're fourth in the NFL in pressures on the quarterback. They have the third most quarterback hurries. They've allowed the shortest depth of target in the NFL, and they've allowed allowed the fewest yards to running backs on the season. So far this season, the Bills have 10 interceptions and they've only allowed five touchdown passes against them all year. Derrick Henry, he had 143 rushing yards against the Bills, but the next highest rusher against the Buffalo Bills this season was Patrick Mahomes, who had 61. So they've completely neutralized the running game outside of Derrick Henry, who many people would consider to be an outlier. Now, now, if you're looking for some sort of silver lining here, you can look at the fact that the Bills haven't faced the best of teams so far this year. They went up against a noodle arm that is attached to Ben Roethlisberger. They went up against Jacoby Brissett. They went up against Tyler Heineke. They went up against Davis Mills. But again, in that same way, they also did a good job against the Titans and they completely neutralized Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Some of the guys on this Bills defense, safety Jordan Poyer has the lowest passer rating when targeted among all safeties in football. Safety Micah Hyde leads the team in interceptions with three. Both of these guys are in the top five rated safeties according to Pro Football Focus. Linebacker Matt Milano leads a team in tackles for a loss and he also has the highest win rate among linebackers in the entire NFL. Both Tredavious White and Teron Johnson have an impressive completion rate against them. Both of them allowing a low 50s completion rate and they have not given up a single touchdown pass in coverage. The one cornerback on this team who has been somewhat targetable is Levi Wallace, who surrendered two touchdowns and a passer rating of 89 when targeted, so keep that in mind as well. Again, this isn't to drool over the Buffalo Bills, just to emphasize that this has been one of the tougher defenses in football up until this point, and if Tua looks good against this group, that is a very, very, very positive sign. So, to get into my expectations, expectations for this game. The first one that I have here is that Tua is in no position to thrive. This game has all the makings to be a savior moment for Tua. The Watson rumors are bigger than ever. The trade deadline is near and here you're faced with a monster of a team, none other than a division rival. I think Tua will be playing his heart out. I think he has the skills to compete, but I think the offensive line, the play calling, the lack of a running game, all of that will be too much for him to 
overcome by himself in this game. My next expectation here is that the team begins to unravel a bit. The team was in two close matchups, albeit they were against bad teams, but they still came away with these heartbreaking losses. The Bills should be in control of this game, and if things get ugly sooner rather than later, this may be a game where Flores seemingly loses control of the team. My last expectation for this game is that the big plays are there for Buffalo. Like the game against Tampa, there's just a ton of weapons here that must be accounted for around the clock. If Xavier Howard has a good day containing Stephon Diggs, that still means somebody has to be covering Emmanuel Sanders, someone has to be covering Cole Beasley, someone has to be covering Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. That's not even to mention stopping the running backs. There's just too many guys here, and given Miami's inability to limit the big plays, it just seems inevitable in this game. So to get into my keys to the victory here, the first one here is going to be that the Dolphins defense must step up and they must do it in a big way. The offense will have a challenge unlike any other against the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins defense right now can't afford to play horrible again this week. Now not only must they do a decent job at holding the Buffalo Bills, I think they're going to have to do a little bit more and help the offense get in some good field position. I know that's a pretty steep request to have, but that's what may need to be done in order order to win this game. My next key to the victory here is that the offensive line, bless their souls, just keep two alive for this game. This isn't as much a key to the victory for this game as much as it would be a victory if Tua leaves here intact. We saw last time these two teams faced off that they had no answer for the pressure that Buffalo was sending. You had two defensive backs lay hits on Tua. Brissett entered the game and got slaughtered himself. The Dolphins don't win this game unless Tua is the quarterback. If Tua is getting hit non-stop or is even forced to leave the game, just chalk it up as a blowout at that point. Now, my last key to the victory here for Miami is to have big plays after the catch. We're at this point in the season where the Dolphins just seem like they're fundamentally not willing to throw deep passes in those one-on-one -on -one situations down the field. It just seems like that's a core aspect of the offense at this point, and expecting it to change out of nowhere just seems unrealistic. On top of that, the Buffalo Bills defense keeps everything in front of them, so with that in mind, the playmakers will have to do an impeccable job at capitalizing on those plays after the catch. The Bills probably won't respect Miami's deep ball. Ball. They're probably already aware how the Dolphins play and they recognize that the passes will be short So it will be up to the playmakers here to make things happen So guys, that is how I'm gonna wrap up today's episode as always if you'd like to follow me on Twitter You can do so that is at Shady Steven and at via the source if you enjoy the episode Please leave a review on the Apple podcast app. It would mean a lot and I would greatly appreciate it any topics things you'd like for me to discuss on a feel, uh, future episode Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I would gladly do so so in the next episode. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.